Well, hey, six weeks ago, we kicked off a beautiful series, an incredible series called Look Both Ways. And church, it has been nothing short of incredible. It's just been, it's been heavy. It's been uh, eye-opening. It's been alarming. And God has moved the whole time. Let me just quickly review. We talked about hell. We talked about heaven. Come on. We talked about the all of God, which is connected to the fear of God. We talked about false prophets. And last Sunday, I spoke about false disciples and answered that very important question, the question, how do you know you're saved? And so I want to encourage you, if you missed any of them, please go online and watch them. And here's the incredible news. Over this six-week series, which we are concluding today, right here at the mill, we have in this room, I'm not even talking about our children or our young people, but just in this room, we have seen 181 people make decisions for Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. That's incredible. Incredible. Our young people, our children making decisions for Christ too. It's so important. I mean, God is moving. Just last Sunday alone, we had 29 decisions for Christ in this room, and we had 38 people get water baptized. Come on, somebody. That's incredible. It's incredible. And so we celebrate, and I want to congratulate all those many who have made decisions for Christ for the first time and many who have come back to Jesus. And recommitted their life to Christ. Come on, somebody. And so we congratulate you and we celebrate all that God is doing. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, if you have your Bible, I want to get get it out, please, if you don't mind. Uh, Your phone, or maybe you have a leather-bound book, like a real Bible. Uh, So whatever you got, get it out and turn to Luke chapter 5. Dr. Luke, we're going to be hearing from the good doctor today. Luke chapter 5, as we conclude this series... And as you're turning there, uh, you know, I just want to say a couple things. Besides all the beautiful decisions which we just celebrated, the beautiful decisions for Christ that have been made over these six weeks. By the way, historic numbers here at the mill. Only God. Here's what I'm convinced, besides the beautiful decisions, that God has used this series to strengthen and solidify many people's faith and walk in the Lord. Amen? I mean, it's done something in me. It's, I've heard it from so many people. It's done something in you and in us. And I don't even know if it's the right word, but it's a, not only a strengthen, it's a re-strengthening, a, a, a solidifying, a realignment with who God says we are supposed to be. Amen? And it's been so good. And, and I said this at the end of last Sunday's message, and I want to say it now as we go into today's subject. I said this, um, be secure in your salvation and in your walk with Christ. Somebody say secure. 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 Be secure in your salvation. You know that you know that you are saved. Come on, somebody. Be secure in your walk with Christ as you keep moving forward with him. But here's my warning. That was a a to-be-continued thought. So yes, be secure that you're saved. Thank God that you're saved. But here's the thought today we're gonna drill down on. Don't let your security turn into comfort, which will turn into complacency, which if you don't deal with it, you will become a a consumer Christian. Don't let your security, yes, I'm saved, yes, I'm saved, yes, you are, yes, I'm saved, thank God I'm saved, but here's what we got to recognize and understand. 
We've been saved from hell. Yes, we have been saved from hell. But listen, Jesus didn't save you from the pit of hell just so you could go to heaven. Somebody's like, huh? Yes, he saved you from hell so you could be with him from heaven. But while you're on the earth, listen to me, he saved you so that you would join the mission, you would join the ranks to rescue those who are on the road to hell. You're not just saved to be a Christian. I get to go to heaven. Everybody else can just burn. No. No. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God that you're a part of. So don't let the security of your salvation that you get to go to heaven, don't let it turn into comfort. Don't let it turn into complacency and make you a consumer Christian. Amen? And here's how, how, how does that happen? This is how it happens. This is how we become, we walk into what I'm going to call today, and we're t- if you're taking notes, the comfort zone. If you and I don't intentionally pursue Jesus with all of our hearts, if we don't pursue him and continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus, listen to me, what will happen is our relationship will become casual, and then eventually it will become cold, callous. And you will enter in what we're going to talk about today. If you're taking notes, you will enter in what we call the comfort zone. The comfort zone. And right now, I just can hear that old Twilight Zone music. So we don't want to go there. And if we are there, and we probably all have been there at times in our life and our walk with God, I'm praying today God's going to get us out. But here's the deal. The way you get out is you stepping out. It's you making a move. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, thank you for this time. You are in the room. We welcome you now to come a little closer as we dive into your word. We bless you. We praise you. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me speak to these beautiful people. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Listen, we are all creatures of comfort. There's nothing wrong to wanna be comfortable in life. We were just talking about some comfort food. Come on, potluck food, the comfort food. We're all creatures of comfort. I know this, that when I go home this afternoon, I've got one more service and then I've got a membership class. God help me. Uh, I've lost sleep all weekend because of a wonderful men's conference. I'm running on Holy Spirit fumes and a lot of caffeine. (laughs) I'm gonna crash like nobody's business, but I ain't gonna crash in these clothes, all right? If, if you were to come to my house, most of the time, unless it's really cold, I'm wearing flip-flops, shorts, and a t-shirt. Why? Because I want to be comfortable in my home. Amen? And if it's cold, I'm going to put on the pajamas, all right? What's going to happen today? Probably I'm going to take a Sunday afternoon nap. It's just going to take me right into Monday morning. I'm so tired, all right? <laughs> or if I get up from the nap, I'm just going to go fall asleep on the couch. Come on, somebody. Because I'm comfortable, and I'm really comfortable. I hope you are, too, when you get home. Our prayer has always been let our home be a haven so we can be comfortable. Amen? You know, and, and so a lot of times I'll have the pajamas on. I'll, I'll put a robe on. I, all I need is a pipe, but I don't smoke. But, you know, I'd have a, I'd have a robe on, and I, the flip-flops change to flippers. Or, excuse me, to slippers, not flippers. I don't know why I said flippers. Just walk. Slippers! Slippers! <laughs> it's not in the notes at all. Slippers. Not on the teleprompter, no. Slippers. <laughs> See, the man is tired. Pray for you, Pastor. Dear God, what am I going to say in this 45 minutes together? We're talking about being creatures of comfort. The, here, here's what we got to understand. 
It's, it's okay to be comfortable at home. There, there's nothing wrong with that. You should be comfortable at home. And I, I could go on and go on. Come on, for comfort, it's even the thing that we like with our temperatures. Even if you have a car that has the different seat temperatures. Why? Because you want to be comfortable. Somebody say comfort. There's nothing wrong with all that. Some of you, you have your, your comfy couch, your comfy chair, your, your comfy mattress, your, your comfy favorite blanket. I hope I'm just speaking to the women. Uh, our, our, your, what, all those things. Comfort. Listen, it's human nature to seek physical comfort, but here's where I want to bring us to. It's, it's human to seek physical comfort, but when we allow, listen to me, comfort, security, and ease to invade our Christian walk, we will quickly become desensitized to the needs around us and we will find ourselves stuck in life. I'm gonna say that again to get it in your spirit. When we allow comfort, security, and ease to come in and invade our Christian walk, our spiritual life, nothing wrong about being physically comfortable, but when it invades your spiritual life, your walk with Christ, you will, I will, we will become desensitized. We will no longer see the needs around us and we'll find ourselves stuck. The walk will find itself stuck in life. The temptation for all of us as creatures of comfort, when we have looked both ways and we made a decision for Jesus, the temptation is just to check the box saved and take up residence in the comfort zone. The comfort zone is real. This is a, this is a place between what is and what could be, between knowledge and action. The comfort zone is a place between limitation, come on, and transformation. It's a very real, invisible space that many Christians, I've been there, by the grace of God, I got out of there. It's easy for anybody to get there. Many Christians have fallen into, and they don't realize they've fallen prey to it, P-R-E-Y, and they're trapped there. And again, the only way they can get out is themselves taking the steps to get out of that comfort zone. How do, we, how do we find ourselves in this place, this comfort zone? I'll, I'll just kind of give a little role play here because here's the deal. You don't ever start in the comfort zone, but you can end up in the comfort zone. So let's take it to when you and I got saved. We, we, you're born again. You, you made Jesus Lord of your life, and you want the whole world to know, your coworkers, your neighbors, everybody you come in contact. You're so passionate for Jesus you're so in love with Jesus. You're eating up the word all the time. You're telling everybody about Jesus. You get plugged into a life-giving church. You start experiencing community and family. Come on, somebody. You start serving. You start giving. I mean, things are great. Life is good because you're experiencing all that God has for us as Christ followers. But if you're not careful, listen to me, because of time, and painful life experiences that happen to all of us, just time being busy and pain that hits us on the left and the right, our fire can begin to dwindle. And as your fire dwindles, you quit talking to others about Jesus. And your life can quickly turn into a me and mine focused. Everything could be focused on you and yours. Now you're no longer serving. You're just sitting and receiving. 
You start speaking a language. We call it Christianese. And just, it sounds good, but you know deep inside, it's not good. And while you're sitting now over time, your fire is gone. And you've gotten caught in what we call religion, going through the motions. Anybody with me today? And you're watching others serve, and you're grumpy because someone sat in your seat. Somebody's like, that's my seat. And what happens over time, you become very critical. You're far away where you used to be. Now you're in the comfort zone. So let me just say this right here on the screen, and then we're going to read from Dr. Luke. So don't let your security in Christ turn into comfort, but rather allow your security, come on, say it with me, turn into urgency. Urgency. Urgency about what? Souls. Urgency because of the hour that we live in. Urgency because we're living in the last days. We're literally seeing the signs that are in Revelation. We're seeing these things come about. Urgency. We are in a code blue moment in time. I truly believe that. It's not the first time I've said it from this platform. That's the words. I cannot get away from it in my journals with the Lord. The Lord keeps saying, you're in a code blue moment in time. You have no time to waste, Chris. You're in a code blue moment in time. It's all hands on deck. That's what code blue medical personnel, they hit that button, everybody runs. I've seen it before when I've been praying with somebody. And they all, all medical personnel runs in the room. It's life or death. Hell or heaven. It's all right there in the balance. And God wants to use you and me. Come on, we. God wants to use all of us to reach others for the Lord. But here's what we gotta do. You gotta be willing to step out of the comfort zone, and for a little bit, you might be a little uncomfortable. You gotta be willing to get uncomfortable to reach people for Jesus. That neighbor that you know you need to talk to, but the comfort zone holds you back because you're trapped. By God's grace, God, I'm gonna do it. I don't know what to say. That's okay, God's gonna fill your mouth. You go over there, let's quit complicating God. Just be real, be normal, and just go over there to him and just start talking to him. Whoever it is, your coworker, your neighbor, the people that you see in your everyday traffic patterns. God has you here for a reason. And it's not just to be saved and go to heaven one day. Amen? He wants to use us to join his ranks, the kingdom ranks, to rescue people from the pit. See, a lot of, here's what the church is doing. We're having pitless parties. I'm out of the pit. I'm out of the, we're all high-fiving each other. I'm out of the pit while people are burning and drowning and dying in the pit. No more pitless parlies in the church. We've got we've to go back to the pit and help people get out of the pit. We can't save them. Only Jesus can save them. When I preach a message, I can't save you. Nobody can save you but Jesus. But I can lead you straight to the feet of Jesus. God can use you to bring people straight to Jesus. Out of the pit and straight to the feet of Jesus. You don't have to know everything. Just let Jesus be Jesus in you. Amen? So let's look at this together. Luke chapter 5, you there? Start at verse 1, beautiful story that I wish we had more time to dissect. Let's let the Holy Spirit, I would say go there later and see what he says to you. I'll highlight a couple things, but here we go. Verse 1, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of, the, of Galilee. Come on, Jesus was a beach guy, all right? Sorry, mountain people. He was a beach guy. He loved the water. Some of his best stuff was around water. 
One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed on him, pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Why? Because nobody could preach like Jesus. Jesus, look at this, he, that's Jesus, noticed two empty boats. Somebody say empty. At the water's edge. For the fishermen, this is key, look at this. For the fishermen had left them and were washing, washing their nets. Pause for a second, just a quick biblical commentary. Boats that were meant to be in the water. Nets that were meant to be catching fish. This, I believe, is a picture of comfy Christians today. They enjoy the washing of God's presence. Come on, I'm standing over there on the floor for a little bit, then standing back up again. I'm just enjoying the presence of God. I'm receiving the presence of God. I'm receiving a fresh touch from God. God's just whispering to me, I love you, son, as I'm I'm singing praises and worship to him. It's wonderful to receive all that, whether it's right there on a Sunday or in my God time with him every day. It's wonderful. But the problem is, a lot of us are just getting washed, and we're not witnessing We're receiving. We're always in receiving mode. Receive, receive, receive. And it's important to receive, but listen, it's also important to reach out. The church, as God God gives things to you, it's not just for you. It's for the people that are, are surrounded you. We must move from, listen to me, we must move from a recipient to a responder. Yes, we receive, but we also reach out. Amen? Let's keep going. Stepping into one of the boats, this is Jesus, he asked Simon, his owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out. Somebody said, go out. Go out. So you got to go. Can't stay on the shore. He's got to go. Go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Just quick commentary. Pause for just a second. Keep your finger there. A lot of Christians like to play it safe in the shallow end. Safe. It's safe in the shallow end, but here's what I learned as a kid in the pool. You can only have so much fun in the shallow end. God wants you to go deep. Go deep with God. And I tell you what, the deeper you dive into his heart, the more you will have a heart to reach out to others. You will not be able to stop that love that will explode in your heart. The deeper, let me say this, the deeper you dive into the heart of God, the more your heart will explode with a love for him and for others. You won't be able to stop yourself from reaching out. God's called us. He's called us to step out. You'll never fulfill all that God has called you to do by staying in your comfy spot. We're fine right here. I'm good. I'm good. That's what a lot of us, we don't say it, but it's what we do. I'm fine right here. But listen, let me just, right here on the screen, just commentary before we finish this story. While we're watching from the shore, people are drowning in the ocean. While we're watching safe on the sidelines, there's people drowning, people dying and going to hell. Let's, look, let's keep going there. Y'all still with me, 11 a.m.? Master, verse five, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night. Remember, he just told them to throw their their nets out and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I can hear him saying like that, like our kids sometimes. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And look what happened. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. A miracle. This is supernatural what's happening. When Simon Peter realizes this miracle, he realizes right quick, what is going on here? He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me, I'm, a such, I'm such a sinful man. 
for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, now look at this, last, last two sentences here. Jesus replied to Simon, because they were wigging out. I mean, they, were free. they had never seen anything like this in their life. Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, look at this, you'll be fishing for what? You'll be fishing for people. And this is the verse that just blows me away. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They left everything and followed Jesus. There, there's too much in this story. It's beautiful. Again, go there later. And what, but what blows me away is what we just read. Is the re- I, I call it the reckless abandon of these three fishermen to leave everything they knew to follow Jesus. They didn't just say a prayer, a sinner's prayer, and go on with their life. No, they made Jesus, Peter, and Peter's literally having a salvation moment and the calling to ministry at the same time. And literally what is happening to them is they're like, we're, we're making him Lord, we'll follow you anywhere. Anybody see the difference? It's not just a prayer and then you go on your life. It's a prayer of making Jesus your Lord and then following him with your life. They left everything, everything they knew to follow Jesus. You want to talk about stepping out of your comfort zone? That, I mean, that is huge because all they knew was fishing. These were fishermen, generations of fishermen. This was their legacy. Their granddaddy did it. Their daddy did it. Now they're doing it. It was their business, their livelihood, their life. And I love how Jesus, because man, he's such a, Incredible communicator. I love how when he spoke to them, he even spoke their language. He said, now you're gonna be fishing for people. This supernatural encounter, this miracle of of all these fish and all what happened in that conversation there, it marks these three men. It marks Peter, James, and John. And listen to me, they left the safety and the security and the comfort of everything they knew and follow Jesus. Old quote I heard a long time ago, it came back up in studying, a ship in a harbor is safe, but that's not what a ship is built for. Safety, comfort, ease, that's all a part of the comfort zone. It may feel safe and secure, church, to be on the shore watching everything, but as Christ followers, come on, we are called to get in the boat to go out in the ocean and rescue those who are drowning. This church has a lifeline. You know what a lifeline is? It's all of us pointing the line right to Jesus, the Savior. We're a city set on a hill. Not just this building, not just this space or this day. Every one of us, every day, God's called us to be the city on the hill, the light of the world, the salt of the earth, to bring people straight to Jesus. Amen? But here's the deal right here on the screen. When we keep our comfort intact, we forfeit our impact. When we keep our comfort, when we stay in the comfort zone, leave that up there. When we keep our comfort intact, okay, it's just gonna, I just feel I need to do, this is just me, this is just what, we forfeit the impact that God can do through us and to others. How many people are we missing, are we not reaching out to that God could use us to reach them, but we refuse to leave the comfort zone? I'm telling you at 11 a.m. when I'm literally prophesying over you, declaring over your hearts and over your life that comfort will not work anymore. That you will get uncomfortable, listen to me, being in the comfort zone. 
a holy restlessness would come over your heart. Like, I can't stay like this. I'm not moving forward, and life has become focused so much on me, I'm missing everyone around me. Comfort can't work anymore. People are dying and going to hell. What are, throw some questions at us that the Lord kind of been throwing to me. I've been chewing on for the last few, week, few weeks. What are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do about it? You're like, well, God can't use me, Pastor. Yes, he can. He can use you in ways he couldn't use me. What, what are we gonna do about it? Who are we telling to look both ways? Who are we reaching out to? What are we gonna do as a church? So first, it's always outside in your sphere of influence, in your everyday traffic patterns, where you go. First, it's out there, but also, it is very important that it's in here. The people that God is bringing here as a church, how can we, how are we helping as a church to reach all the people that God is bringing? I wanted to say this over us. We cannot allow the gates of hell to win the greater Atlanta area. We cannot allow the gates of hell to win suburbia up here. We, we cannot be these sophisticated suburbans and not radical for Jesus. Not caught up in so much money and stuff and this and that, but not caught up in Jesus. Because hell will gladly take this area off our hands. And we can just play church until Jesus brings us home. A lot of churches are doing that. They're just hanging on for dear life, waiting for the sweet by and by for Jesus to come get them. May God wake up his bride, that he wants to use his bride in these dark days, amen? That God would win this community, this beautiful greater Atlanta community. He would win the city of Atlanta. He would win our local communities. He would win our neighborhoods. Come on, somebody, through us. We're his hands and feet. We must choose, right here on the screen, we must choose kingdom over comfort. Kingdom, it's not about Chris, it's about Christ. It's about kingdom, it's about Jesus. And that comfort that needs to turn to urgency needs to actually come, become conviction. The urgency in you is like, because you know the days we're living in and you know that time is running out. It's gotta be not just an urgency, it's gotta be a conviction. Almost like this, this attitude of not on my watch. That that would rise in you, not on my watch. I'm gonna pray for all my neighbors. I'm gonna pray, I'm speaking for you. I'm gonna pray for all my coworkers. I'm gonna pray for the people that God's put in my path that I see every day, not on my watch. And I'm not only gonna pray for them, I'm gonna pray, God, give me opportunities to talk to them about you. Amen? Because listen, the, did you know the devil has a plan for you too? We've always heard God, has a, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And he does, he does. But the devil has an awful plan for you and it's for you to remain on the sidelines, to play it safe, to remain safe on the sidelines, on the shores. Only a few boats out there, and there's tons of people drowning. Listen to me, our inactivity will lead to more people going to hell. Somebody's like, Pastor, I don't like this message right now. That's okay. I'm telling you the truth in love. God's heart is for all of us, for you, for me, to move, somebody say move, to move from our comfy spot to a place of holy conviction where you're willing to get in the boat, to jump in the ocean and rescue those who are drowning. And let me just say this to you. I don't know if you've thought about this before. The world doesn't realize it's drowning. The world doesn't realize it. The world's having fun. 
If you're not a Christian in the room or if speaking of the, the big world out there that God's called us to reach, the world doesn't know because they're deceived. We were all deceived until Jesus opened our eyes. So the world is very comfortable. I'm uncomfortable with the world being comfortable. I want to just say that. I have a conviction that I want to see the people in my sphere of influence come to Jesus. It's life or death, heaven or hell. But the world doesn't realize, listen, that there is a major storm coming, a major storm coming. All of us are in our personal storms that we have to fight through, and we win, by the way, because of Jesus. You may feel like you're drowning in your personal storm, but I just want to remind you that the victor lives in you. But there is a big storm coming. There's a big, dark storm coming, and I believe, like never before, that people will flock to the church because they're not gonna find their hope in the government. They're not gonna find their hope in the city. They're not gonna find their hope in the programs. They're gonna find their hope in Jesus and in his house, amen? You watch. As the world gets darker, the church has gotta get brighter, amen? And all of us, not just the building, we are the church. Your house, little house fires all over in Jesus' name. People just be drawn to talk to you because they're not seeing it's not working in the world. The world is burning, and they don't even realize it. How do I know this? The Bible talks about it. It says, remember, it talks about in, uh, remember when Noah was building the ark, right? What was going on there? They were partying, celebrating, getting married, all these things. And then it says, and then the floods came. Let's look at it together right here. It says this. This is Jesus talking about himself in the last days. And he said this, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like, it, look, at, look at the resemblance. So he's always going back to Noah, all the way. It will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties. They were having a good old time. And weddings, nothing wrong with weddings, get married. But look at all these things are going on, just like normal living, normal life. Right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People, look at this, here it is. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the floods came. It was too late and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. Matthew 24, 37. Through, go read the whole chapter. So all that to say, we are on such limited time. Come on, there's no time to waste, amen? No playing games. We can't stay stuck in the comfort zone, not if you love Jesus. But if your love's grown cold and you've gotten callous, it's easy to bend there. I have been there. But I'm telling you, thankfully, men in my life and just getting caught up in the routine of ministry and life. It's just easy to stay in the comfort zone. But God used men and God spoke to me. But I had to be obedient and step out. There's no time to waste. Amen? We must move from a place of comfort to urgency to conviction. I love, I love this quote from J.C. Ryle. Look what he says here. Souls are perishing and time is flying. Let us resolve. Somebody say resolve. I mean, that means holy determination. Let us resolve by God's grace. We couldn't do it without his grace and his strength. By God's grace to do something for God's glory before we die. Souls are perishing. Time is flying. Let us resolve by God's grace to do something for God's glory before we die. We got to reach out now. We got to reach out now. I want to read an excerpt. Uh, to you from an autobiography from a famous individual who has literally changed our world. One man, 
God used to change our world. He, he can do the same with you and me. But I, I'm gonna read this, and it's, it's a little bit longer than a normal quote that you'll see me read. And if, you, if it distracts you, just listen to me. Don't look at the screen, but we will have the words on there if you need to see that. So let me, let me read from him. This is what he says. Just receive this. Listen to this. He says this. I stand by the door. The door is the most important door in the world. It is the door through which people walk when they find God. There's no use of my going way inside and staying there when there are so many outside craving to know where the door is. They creep along the wall like blind men with outstretched arms, groping hands, feeling for a door, knowing there must be a door, yet they never find it. So I stand by the door. The most tremendous thing in the world is for people to find that door, the door to God. They, they put their hands on, excuse me, I just lost my place. The, the most important thing anyone can do is take hold of one of those blind groping hands and put it on the latch. I admire the people who go way in, but listen to this, but I wish they would not forget how it was when they got in. Then they would be able to help the people who have not yet even found the door. You can go in too deeply and stay too long and forget the people outside the door. As for me, I shall take my old accustomed place near enough to God to know he's there, but listen to this, but not so far from men as to not hear them and remember that they are there too. Where, where are they? Outside the door. Thousands of them. Millions of them, but more importantly for me, one, two, ten of them, whose hands I am intended to put on the latch, so I stand by the door. And that's Sam Shoemaker, founder of AA. Think about that. Trying to set people free from addiction. But the one who really sets them free is Jesus. How are we as a church gonna reach more people? How are we gonna continue to reach more people for Jesus? First out there, your life, my life, and then in here. First, I'll just say this, it's gonna take all of us. Somebody say all. It's gonna take all of us. And secondly, we gotta start thinking bigger. Bigger than me and mine. Here's what I've learned. When you go after the kingdom of God, God's got you and yours. He will take care of you. We've gotta get our eyes off me and mine you and yours, and place it on Jesus the King and advance his kingdom. He's got your back. He will take care of you and yours, amen? We've got to make more room. We've got to enlarge the house. We've gotta make more room for more people, reaching more people for Jesus, amen? Uh, a scripture, you know this scripture, Isaiah 54. Again, go there, read the whole chapter. I love these two verses, Isaiah 54 uh, several translations I could point to. Message really grabbed me yesterday. Look right here. He says this, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Somebody say big. big. Use plenty of rope. You're getting the picture here? Uh, drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Amen? And God is doing that. He's doing that right here at Victory Hamilton Mill. Just look around, my goodness. 
Listen, I'll just say this as we begin to bring this to a close. Uh, the numerical growth we've seen across our Victory campuses, is, for me personally, it's just been mind-blowing. It's just incredible. It's only God. Every campus is experiencing supernatural growth. And by the way, just in case you don't know me, most people here do, but just in case you don't know me, I'm not a numbers guy. Numbers are metrics, but also here's what I know. Everyone is important to God. Everyone. Every one person and everyone is important to God. Every campus is experiencing supernatural growth. Something really cool we wanna brag on, uh, most of you guys know our Victory Vita ministry, which has been uh, housed at Norcross campus uh, during the 1 p.m. service. They've met there for 14 years, and God's been blessing, and so in January, they are literally, we are pushing them out, launching them out to start their own church plant right over here in Lawrenceville, come on, to reach more people for Jesus. By the way, little teaser trailer, that's part of our Christmas gift to the world. We're gonna send them out in love with blessings, amen? They've only had one service at 1 p.m. Now they're in this big, beautiful school all term. They're gonna be able to have two services reaching more people for Jesus. I told Pastor Emilio recently in conversation when he showed me the video of the school. I haven't seen it live yet, but I saw the video from his phone, and I said, Emilio, you better get ready, because when you're in a school, you're gonna start seeing families from all over come to the church. Growing people, reaching people for Jesus, amen? Listen, VHM right here, the mill, we've been exploding. Only God can do it. Only God can do it. There is no rationale over the last two years. Over the last two years, we've grown by 42%, or excuse me, just this year alone, we've grown by 42%, which is bonkers, mind-blowing. And this is only because of two reasons, consistent prayer and the blessings of God. We've been praying and calling forward, God, we want to reach people, and God's been blessing Don't tell me God don't move in prayer. I've seen too much in my life. And so as we've been praying, God's been blessing and bringing people, and he's healing people, he's saving people, he's delivering people, and those people are bringing other people. It's crazy, and it's awesesome. Back in the late summer, Lisa and I shared this with the leaders, that we felt from the Lord a strong urge from the Lord to get ready. He said, get ready and prepare. And he said, I'm gonna start bringing people from all over to Victory Hamilton Mill. Get ready. And so we've just been preparing and getting ready and God's been bringing people and I give him all the glory for every family, every heart, every decision. Come on, we thank God for what he's doing. But we feel now, somebody say now. We feel now is the time right here at the mill that we gotta make more room for growth that will keep coming. So, Starting in January, we're going to be adding a fourth service to reach more people for Jesus, and it's going to be on Saturday night at 6 p.m. Come on, Saturday night. We're going to reach people who work on Sunday. We're going to reach people who can't come on Sunday. There's probably a lot of people in this room, those who are watching, I just saw people in my mind on the couch like, oh, Saturday nights. 
The people in here are like, oh, we're going Saturday night. Saturday night is calling our name. Yes, that's awesome. Praise God. We got to make more room for people to fit in here. Look around. 9 a.m. was slammed. 11 a.m. was slammed. 3 or 1 p.m. has been exploding. I'm telling you, we got no more room. And we can't. We've got the capability to do it, but we don't feel the peace of God to knock down this wall, spend millions of dollars to double the size of this. That money coming in needs to go out. Amen? So pray for your pastor, pray for the staff, and pray for all those that God's gonna bring. Amen? We got, remember what I said earlier? We gotta enlarge the tent. We gotta make room. We gotta deep, deep, deep those pegs deep down. Why? We gotta think bigger. Why in the world? Why do we need a fourth? Somebody's like, why do we need a fourth service? Well, here's what we're busting at the seams, people. We have people leaving now. People left today, by the way. They pulled in the parking lot and they left. People come in, they see too many people, like, I'm, I'm out. I, I'm not upset with them, I don't blame them, I get it. Most people, psychologically, when you see a room 80% full, you're like, too full for me. And so we've got to do this. We rejoice in the increase, amen, but we gotta make room to reach more people for Jesus. And it's not just happening in Hamilton Mill. Actually, every one of our campuses is adding an extra service. North Cobb, 1 p.m. now. I said, Darius, you better get ready, buddy. That 1 p.m., don't play. By the way, 1 p.m. is, I think, the freest service of all. We call it 1 p.m. fun p.m. around here. All right? It's awesome. I love 1 p.m. Uh, but here's what we know. When God speaks and says, get ready and prepare, you gotta obey. And we have to respond to that. Or here's what I know. He'll go somewhere else where people will obey. He'll go somewhere else where people will be of conviction. Because there's plenty of churches, and I love the church, so I'm not bashing her. We are it. But there's plenty of churches that just want to stay safe. And they've become a country club. And we're not going to be that church. We're a lighthouse, amen, and a life house. The harvest is upon us, guys, and we ain't seen nothing yet. And we're not doing this to get big. We're doing this to grow people and to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, we got to get in those empty boats, and we got to launch out into the deep. Amen? Why? Because right here on the screen, we were never made to maintain the aquarium. We were called to fish in the ocean. We were never called, ever. God never called us to maintain that's your personal life. That's your family. You cannot have a marriage that just maintains. That's called survival mode. God wants you to thrive. He did not give his only son for you just to maintain. He gave us his son so we could have abundant life today. Amen? He's called us to fish. Now all my fishermen in the room are like, yes, come on. But here's what I'm gonna say. We're gonna need your help. We need your help. I know many of you walk in here like, you need, our, you need our help? Like, when you see everything, like, all, everything going on in your life, y'all got this thing down. No, no, seriously, we, we, we need your help. You would sh be shocked right now if I pulled back this screen and you saw all the duct tape and chewing gum and paper clips holding everything together. Seriously, we, we need your help. If we're gonna do this in-house, first is outside your life, reaching people, but in-house as God is bringing us, seriously, we need your help. God has given each one of you, somebody say me, God's given each one of you, me, you, us, we. He's given all of us talents, abilities, gifts. And he wants to get that out of you in the world around you, your world out there and your world in here for his glory. We gotta, we gotta get people to the door. 
Amen? Listen, I'll just say this to you. It doesn't help anyone, including yourself, for you to sit on your gifts. It doesn't help anyone for you It doesn't help anyone, including yourself, for you to sit on your gifts. So let me just say this. It's time for some of you to get off your blessed assurance and step into the boat and watch what God will do. Amen? The Bible says in 1 Peter right here, each of us, every one of us, that's you, that's me. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in his various forms. So many gifts. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, somebody say serves, they should do so. Look at this, with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory. Come on, read it with me. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. When we serve, we look like Jesus. And when we serve, it brings praise and glory to God. The greatest leader of all, Jesus, was the greatest servant. So when we serve, we look like Jesus. So let me say this. We have an incredible army of people already that serve here every week at the mill. And I just can't say thank you enough for what you do. We could not do, I wish I could look all you in the eyes. We could not do, I see children's shirts, youth shirts. We could not do what we do around here without your help. All you small group leaders, all you coaches, all you leaders, you're making a difference even if you don't feel like you are. All you ushers, all you GE people, everybody, the cafe team, everybody, all the things you do. Everybody right now, there are adults right now loving and leading our children our sixth and seventh graders downstairs. Thank you for what you do. But here's a sad reality. Many of you that I'm just bragging on, you're doing too much. And I'm actually gonna ask you to drop something. You're doing too much. We have a lot of leaders here that are doing three and four things. It's too much. It's just too much. And I'm not asking you to pick up one more thing in any way. I'm actually asking you to drop something. Pray about that. Talk to your leader. But I am appealing to those who are here and you call this place home and you continue to attend and receive, but you do not serve. I'm asking you to jump in the boat with us. I'm asking you to get in the boat with us. I'm asking you to join us. I'm asking you to get off the shore and get in the boat. We need your help. Amen. I'm asking you to help us. We need help. Remember, first out there and then it's in here. Pastor Chad, our associate campus pastor, who does a wonderful job here at the campus, helping me and Lisa so much in this beautiful church. He recently did a research, and it was really sad to me. Um, He came to my office with his head down. (laughs) And he looked at the wonderful attendance that we've had growing. 2,300 on a weekly basis now. And he found out, though, by doing the his research, he's a research guy, that only 9% of our church is serving. The average, by the way, is 20% in the American church. So we're way below that. Church, we can do better. We must do better. Amen? This is a closing uh, that I'm asking for seriously, not just for you to pray, I'm asking for you to lean in. This is a call for all of us, come on, to pull on the same rope. 
pull on the same road, to all get in the boats together. It's, it, it's not because we want to have great services. It's not. It's because we want to reach more people. Here's what I know about great services. We do the best we can. We leave the rest in God's hands. It's going to be a great service. We're going to serve. We're going to pray. God will show up, and he will. But we got to all pull on the same rope. I heard that old quote a long time ago. My staff hears it all the time. Many hands make light work. Come on. We got to all pull on the same rope. Same rope. I'm asking, could you just serve twice a month? Twice a month. And if you can't, honestly, because of your crazy job and life right now, get to there. But if you can only serve once a month, do that. But I'm asking you, can you join us? Can you get in the boat? We're already seeing historic numbers and decisions for God. And I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit's telling me, Elisa, you ain't seen nothing yet, son, daughter. That we're going to see supernatural things take place before our eyes. That we're all going to sit back and go, only God could have done that. But it's going to take all of us together. Amen? Listen, Jesus said it, the harvest is plentiful workers are few. Will you help us make room? Will you respond to it? As we prepare for, to launch Saturday night service, I'll just say this. This is where we need help, right here in the four areas. Guest experience. That's our greeters, ushers, cafe. Hold up the door. Greeters, you don't even know what a difference you make. It's amazing. Kids ministry going on, 6th and 7th grade. We'll be starting a 6th and 7th grade ministry on Saturday night. And actually, it's going to be Saturday night at 6 and 9-11 on Sundays. We will not have one during the one. And you know why we couldn't start one and one? We didn't have enough people. We were supposed to start it three months ago. We never had enough people. And I'm not going to burn out the people that are already serving. We're just not going to do that. We care more about people than what you do. Amen? And then we need help in production. Some of you, right now, volunteers on our cameras. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies. People downstairs volunteering, pushing buttons. If you like pushing buttons, go to the production team. Don't put me around buttons. I'll get in trouble. But this is where we need help specifically. We need help all over, but this is how we need help to get Saturday night going. On January 6th, like six weeks away. God help us. And let me just say this. I'm asking you, last thought, we're going to pray. I'm asking you, somebody say me. I'm asking you to move from being a recipient of the church's mission to being responsible for the church's mission. Receive, 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 yes, but also reach out. Reach out at home, reach out at work, and reach out right here at church. Let's be the church. Don't just go to church. Let's be the church. Amen? Because I got to dispel the myth our staff and existing volunteers, we can't do this. We can't lift the next service. We can't. And if you're not currently serving, now is the time to get in the boat. So right here, we got a QR code. And I would encourage you to get your phone out, click on that bad boy, and fulfill it. Do it. Once a month, twice a month, whatever you can do. If you feel more than twice, you need to tell someone, explain why. Some people feel called to do it every week. I get it. Praise God. Thank you but we're not asking that. If we all do something, many hands make light work and we can do this and prepare for what God is gonna do in this house, amen? We can do this, church. We got tables with balloons in the lobby to get your attention and uh, please stop by there. Staff and leaders are at that table and they would love to talk with you, answer any questions. You can sign up right there. Let's do this for the kingdom. Let's step out of our comfort zone and not just receive, receive, receive. How about this? God, use me 
to bring you glory, to reach others for you. Amen. Amen. Can you put your hand on your heart as we pray? Close this out.